Welcome to the Prison Care Podcast. I'm Sabrina Justison, founder of PrisonCare.org, equipping compassionate people to support the often invisible people groups who make up a prison neighborhood. The inmate residents, correctional officers, staff, administration, and the families of all these folks. Join me for this week's episode and be encouraged to think, care, and respond as we explore the challenges facing prison neighborhoods everywhere. Let's support positive prison culture from the outside, because everyone on the inside matters. Well, hello, and happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Welcome to episode 18. I'm Sabrina, and I am ready to pop the cork on the champagne. Who doesn't love a good anniversary party? You know, people who are incarcerated have some anniversaries that they do not want to celebrate. And we're going to be looking at that topic in today's episode of the Prison Care Podcast. If you don't know this about my story, and if you want to listen to our story, you can find it in episode four, The Roots of Prison Care. My son, Jay, was sentenced to a decades-long prison sentence, and his sentencing was on my 50th birthday. That was four years ago, and when my birthday rolled around on the calendar last month, it gave me the idea for this episode. Calendar squares hold a lot more power than we may realize. There have been studies that point to the damaging power of the anniversary of a violent crime in the life of the victim of that crime. Without even consciously thinking about the date, victims of violent crime experience physical and emotional symptoms of distress when the anniversary rolls around. Victims of any kind of trauma are often sensitive to the date and how it reminds them of another year since they were hurt. Similarly, although they may well have been the perpetrator of a violent act and not its victim, that anniversary date can pack a wallop for a person who is serving a prison sentence. Let me explain a little bit about remorse and violent criminals. There are people who like to hurt other people. They enjoy it. It makes me sad and mad and all kinds of ways that this is true, but we know it. And there are people who genuinely do not care if they hurt other people. It doesn't create pleasure for them to do so, but it also generates nothing at all that would stop them from doing it. If you have not encountered a person who seems to feel no pangs from their conscience, well, I hope you never do. I don't have the background to appropriately label psychopaths and sadists and sociopaths and evil, seemingly soulless humans, but I know they exist. There are lots of scary people who are in prison. I am thankful that there are prisons that are keeping these types of people away from all of us on the outside. I would be remiss if I didn't point out that someone is neighbor to these types of people inside that prison. And we should not forget that. If we are praying people, we should pray for those neighbors, those cellmates, those COs who are in constant contact with the scariest of the scary. 
But prisons are filled with people who do have a conscience. People who experience deep, genuine remorse for things they have done. Who have turned that corner and decided that they will work to become the kind of person who would never again do the thing they grieve having done in the past. I am not talking about people who were dealing drugs and are sorry they got caught. Nor am I talking about people who committed a violent act against someone else and they justify it because it was, I don't know, retaliation for violence by someone wearing different colors. I'm not even talking about people who cry when they're reminded of their crime, who say they never, never want that to be a part of their life again, but who are doing nothing but passing time until they get out, who are doing nothing to become someone different, who seem to think that whatever necessary change, uh, it's done. You know, the moment that you are certain that you could never do a particular horrible thing is the moment that you are in danger of becoming the kind of person who could. Given the wrong set of circumstances, the wrong series of events, anyone can become a human capable of any act. But I am talking about incarcerated people who are putting some of us on the outside to shame with their efforts at becoming. Because they are working so diligently, so enthusiastically, and with such perseverance And they are producing solid evidence of change over years so that we cannot help but root for them. Are you familiar with a guy named Chris Wilson? He wrote a book, The Master Plan. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Chris Wilson's The Master Plan. You can find him at chriswilson.biz. And no, I'm not an affiliate. I'm just a raving fan. Chris grew up in extreme poverty and violence, and he was incarcerated for many years and completely dedicated himself to becoming a man of purpose, intentionality, virtue, and care for his fellow man. Chris's life story demonstrates the kind of dedication to rehabilitation that we would love to see in every incarcerated person. But that's not a realistic hope. It is, however, realistic to hope that there will be some people like this in every single prison. And that these people might become connected with a prison care compassion team. And that those compassion team members would cheer them on in their work toward a life redeemed. And please, friends, I cannot miss this opportunity to say that we need you to give it a try. To adopt a prison to pull together some support from the outside for positive prison culture on the inside. The prison care compassion team model is practical. It's easy. It's relational. It's flexible. It costs zero dollars. We are never selling our curriculum. It was designed to be given away. But every prison needs to be adopted. That calls for a lot of prison care compassion teams. You have a job to do. Let's get you equipped. Prisoncare.org. Email me, Sabrina at prisoncare.org. Let's do this. Okay, where was I? Ah, yes. The people who are serving prison sentences and are working tirelessly to become the kind of people that anyone would be so glad to have as a neighbor. And the anniversaries of the crimes that landed them in prison. Hmm. For those kind of people, those anniversaries are profoundly painful. To look at the calendar 
and see the anniversary of the worst thing you've ever done is brutal. Some crimes were committed in a heartbeat, but many were the result of a series of days and nights, a stretch of road where one bad decision followed another, and the final result was catastrophic. That happens to be the case with my son, Jay. There's a whole month every year when he really struggles to get out of bed each morning in his cell to push through his shift at work because the symptoms of his mental illness escalate during those weeks. His sleep is plagued by nightmares. He finds it difficult to eat well or exercise appropriately. And, you know, we've discussed the importance of maintaining these fundamentals when managing a mental illness in prison. It was on an earlier pair of episodes, so you can go back and listen to those if you missed them before. The first anniversary of the murder for which he is serving his sentence. Everything was completely confusing for all of us. He had only been in place at the prison for a few weeks. After being sentenced on my birthday, he had been taken to the diagnostic and reception facility and was there for several weeks. And then his placement was complete and his first couple of weeks of trying to adjust to prison life were ending just as the holiday season was beginning. So amidst the chaos of so many firsts, so much fear, so much transition, and then the inevitable holiday depression, neither of us noticed the power of the anniversary. I mean, life just sucked all around, but that was to be expected when going to prison for the first time in your life, right? But the second anniversary was a different story. Oh, that month was bad. Jay had constant thoughts of suicide, constant hallucinations that threatened to keep him completely non-functional. Bouts of hysteria. Two close friends running interference for him as best they could. Talking ill-intentioned bullies into just leaving the guy alone because someone as obviously shattered as that is ripe for victimization in a prison. I am so grateful to those friends of Jay's, by the way. We didn't piece it all together at first. We just thought he was having a really bad episode. But as the calendar took us into the next month, things began to ease up. Jay was exhausted, but he was beginning to be able to function again. And as we processed it all on countless phone calls and in letters, and then in a visit a couple of months down the road, we realized that there might be something there. Maybe the anniversary was a trigger on a subconscious level. Well, since then, there have been two more anniversaries. And with the greater and greater understanding of himself that Jay has attained, as he reinvents his life, we've been able to see so clearly that the calendar really does kick butts. The good news, because we are always trying to look for the good news on the Prison Care Podcast. I mean, telling people hard stuff only serves somewhat of a purpose, but telling them hard stuff and then encouraging them with positive responses to that hard stuff, that's worth a lot more. So the good news is that knowing the anniversary struggle is coming allows you to prepare for it. It allows you to warn a couple of trusted supporters ahead of time so they can be ready to help you if it gets overwhelming. It allows you to choose to begin the redemption of those dates on the calendar by planning specific acts of kindness or generosity, or service, or sacrifice on those anniversaries, intentionally placing more goodness into a world that you were once responsible for harming. 
It doesn't undo the harm you've done. I do not for one second want to minimize the suffering of victims of crime on those same anniversaries. They do not deserve to relive trauma year after year to be reminded of unbearable pain. It breaks my heart that the calendar has the audacity to kick their butts after all they've already been subjected to. But the truth is that we on the outside of the fence are pretty in touch with the fact that the anniversary of a crime is brutal for the victim. Most of us have probably never even thought about the fact that it is also brutal for the truly repentant who committed that crime. So since this is the prison care podcast, that's where my focus is. But please, please understand there is no contest. The victims win when it comes to who suffered most. All I'm saying is that the more genuine remorse a person feels, the more likely they are to struggle mightily on the anniversary of the crime. Good can be born out of catastrophe though, right? I mean, that's what Prison Care Incorporated is. It's Jay's and my determination to shake our fists at the evil that brought us to this point and insist on building something beautiful in the face of it, one block at a time. So how can we encourage our incarcerated pen pals if we learn that the anniversary of their crime is approaching? There are several ways. If we are praying people, we can pray for them. If they are praying people as well, we can tell them that we're praying for them. But if they're not, don't weigh them down with your own beliefs. Or they may feel obligated to pretend at a faith that they do not actually have in order to keep your friendship. Does that make sense? My faith-filled friends, if you make a friend on the inside who does not share your faith, and you regularly use faith language, you know, churchies, They may feel like you won't want to write to them anymore if they don't pretend like they believe the same way you do. But what they are hungry for is honest relationship, honest communication, and so they don't know what to do. I've had this expressed to me by many incarcerated people, and I've come to see the beauty that is shown in the kind of love that prays in faith for someone and then doesn't feel the need to also say, I've been praying for you. Because that kind of love knows that it will invoke fear in the heart of their pen pal. But okay, back to business. Pray if you feel led. We can mark the date on our own calendar and then mark a month before it. And be sure to send a letter that will arrive at least a week before the anniversary. What you put into that letter will depend on your relationship with your pen pal, of course. But don't be afraid to mention the anniversary. If they've shared the date with you, they know you know. And I guarantee they know the date is approaching. You are not reminding them of something that they have successfully put out of their mind. However, if your pen pal has not shared the date with you, they haven't told you the date, but you know it because of a news article or someone else told you, then it's probably best to wait for your relationship to grow to the point of trust where you could feel comfortable gently asking, bringing it up. Perhaps after building some real connection over time, You might say something like, question for you, is there a particular time of year when things feel extra hard, when you know you're approaching the anniversary of what sent you to prison? If you ever want to talk about it, I would love to give you a safe ear. And I can remember and be sad with you when that anniversary comes around each year. I know the calendar can be a rough reminder, 
If you don't want to talk about it, that's totally okay too. Whether you talk about the anniversary openly or not, if you know the date, actively encourage them to do something positive. To write a poem for you or create a piece of art for you or send a note to your sick grandma or something that will give them a reason to get out of bed on the hardest of days. If you already have a relationship established, it's going to be empowering to them to do something kind for you. None of this is for the first few letters, okay? We get told all the time, I would be a pen pal encourager, but I have no idea what to write. Okay, go to prisoncare.org, go to the PDF resources page, download the letter starters PDF. It literally gives you a long set of choose two of these and complete the thought statements that make writing early letters super easy. Do it right now. This podcast isn't going anywhere. We'll wait for you. I mean, seriously, we desperately need pen pal encouragers. Okay, (laughs) if you're still listening, yeah, save any talk of anniversaries for far enough down the road that you really feel like you've gotten to know one another a bit to where it doesn't feel like prying or oversharing. Ask about the fundamentals as you near the anniversary. Ask if they're going to sleep at a reasonable hour, if they're eating appropriately to stabilize their blood sugar, if they're exercising in moderation, if they're drinking plenty of water. Express concern for their basic self-care. Ask questions like, so on a hard day, what's something you can do for you? And if you're listening today and you have a loved one who is incarcerated and you've never thought about this anniversary thing, consider yourself empowered to come into the next calendar reminder with greater understanding and wisdom. You know, our bodies respond to these things, even if our conscious mind has suppressed the thought. Anniversaries can be hard on loved ones too. Please take care of yourself, friends, even as you look for ways to encourage your loved ones. On my birthday last month, which is a traumatic anniversary for me, I posted on a Facebook group I belong to for moms who have sons in prison. And I just said, Today's fourth anniversary of my son's sentencing, and he was sentenced to many decades in prison on my birthday. So every year, I'm not sure if I'm celebrating my birthday or grieving his incarceration. I just wanted to say it out loud to people who get it. And in no time, there were more than 100 moms who had heard my heart, and they responded. No one could fix it, but their responses validated my sense of being torn between two realities caused by a date on the calendar. They got me. It's a powerfully positive thing to feel like someone gets you. So that's it, friends. Yes, the holidays are hard for people who are incarcerated. Yes, their birthdays are hard, as are their wedding anniversaries and other special celebrations they will miss. But the anniversary that no one thinks about is the ugly one. The anniversary, the worst thing they ever did. And if they have committed to doing the work that will totally change their life for the better, well, then that day will be even more painful, not less. So remember and be kind and talk to other people about it. Are you learning new things about prison on the Prison Care Podcast? Talk about us. Uh, We're not all about like acquiring a following. I'm not a big fan of social media for all sorts of reasons, but It is the way to spread the message. So we do social media. I'm not asking to talk about prison care so that more people will like us or follow us or whatever. 
although you can do that on Facebook and Instagram, of course, and you can leave a review of the podcast to help other listeners find us. (laughs) I'm asking you to talk about it because it's important stuff that should be talked about. And it's not the subject of very many conversations. Prison Care Incorporated is all about equipping people, always for free, mind you, to learn about prison neighborhoods, and then learn how to be a tiny part of a beautiful change. Oh, we need so many tiny parts in order to make that change. And you choosing to talk about the Prison Care Podcast with your friends and family is one great way to gather them. And for real, leave us a review (laughs) and some stars wherever you listen to this podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Join the Facebook group, Link Arms. It's not because we need to count the social media shares. It's because we are all compassionate people who want to support positive prison culture from the outside. Because we believe that everyone on the inside, many of whom are never given a moment's thought as we go about our busy lives, everyone on the inside matters. A reminder, too, that you can download our full mission statement at the bottom of the homepage at prisoncare.org. Prison Care Incorporated is a 100% compassionate, person-funded, nonprofit organization. We are committed to educating and connecting compassionate people with prison neighborhoods that need support. And we are so glad you found us. As always, friends, I thank you for listening, and I thank you for caring. Thanks for listening to the Prison Care Podcast. Be sure to visit us at prisoncare.org. Prison Care, equipping compassionate people to support positive prison culture from the outside, because everyone on the inside matters.